the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Six minutes after seven, we've got about uh, 54 minutes to get you to work on time. Congressman French Hill is on the phone, ready to talk to us, and uh, let's do that. Uh, by the way, liquid sunshine all day today across the area, high of about 70 degrees today. So that's, uh, that's you know, liquid sunshine, not the best thing. However, 70 degrees is not a bad temperature to have. Uh, here at this time of uh, the year. All right, so let's talk, uh, Congressman. Why don't you give us uh, the latest update on uh, COVID-19 and uh, how you think things are going? Well, good morning, Dave. Thanks for having me. Of uh, course. Yesterday, the the uh, Senate approved uh, a compromise bill. It got uh, full support of the, of the Senate. It's going to come to the House now. And what it does is something that we asked for two weeks ago, we finally are getting, which is uh, some more money for the Paycheck Protection Program for small businesses. And Arkansas did a survey of all their banks across the whole state that they released yesterday. There were about 21,000 applications for another billion dollars in the pipeline for the Paycheck Protection Program, where small businesses can borrow money with an Small Business Administration SBA guarantee to keep their employees paid. So there's demand out there, uh, and so that's the cornerstone of this bill. It also uh, puts a little more money in the SBA's disaster loan program. And I've heard from a lot of our constituents in central Arkansas who applied for a SBA disaster loan three or four weeks ago even, they never heard from the SBA. So hopefully this will clear up some of that log jam for our small businesses. And then finally, two other points. Uh, there's $75 billion in there principally for rural hospitals across the country to help them get through the crisis with their vacancies uh, that they have. And finally, uh, a testing piece to accelerate investment and innovation in testing to aid the states uh, and aid research for beating the virus from a, a testing point of view. Now, let me ask the big story that broke yesterday, and um, the media were making a bunch of hay out of it. And, uh, and, and I can understand that a lot of people got upset when they heard about it. 
but they're talking about uh, these huge companies getting 10 and 20 million dollars out of the uh, pay paycheck protection fund uh, for their businesses yeah. uh your thoughts on that yeah well congress when the Senate designed the Paycheck Protection Program for these SBA loans, Marco Rubio of Florida was the person who had the lead on doing that in the Senate. They wanted in the food service business. So if you run a restaurant, they wanted you to have access to uh, this because they knew you were shut down completely nationwide. And in the bill, they specifically said the under 500 per person um, cap for small business would be extended to franchises. So these big companies with multiple restaurants, uh, either in a franchise form or not, were specifically encouraged in the bill to apply. So uh, the the press has really turned this into like a failure of the program. And I saw where I think it was State Shack decided to give the money back yes uh, my memory's right but right. i have to say i have to say that the uh, franchise industry was out there trying to help <clears throat> their franchisees all across the country uh so that they could get help in an individual location example somebody who owns three mcdonald's uh may be when you count every worker three or four mcdonald's across the country might have over 500 workers and they would not be eligible uh they particularly let franchise locations get access to this so that was their logic over in the senate um do i think people who don't need the money should apply to their bank for it no no but the law is written pretty vaguely and it's really tough for the banker to tell somebody no given the way the law is written. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's a it's a it's I'm glad we're talking about it because the 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 access to the coronavirus paycheck protection program, the borrower comes to the bank and certifies, yes, my business has been uh, I don't know what the adjective is, you know, severely impacted by the coronavirus. There's no analytical answer to that question like my revenues are down 100% or something like that. Right. Uh, so it's on the borrower to be honest and truthful with that banker and certify that they really need the money to pay their employees. So this new bill that the Senate has already passed, and I understand yeah. the, the House is supposed to vote on this tomorrow. Uh, what is in it now that the Democrats can support that before they were getting in front of it and, you know, not letting it pass? Yep, yep, yep. They wanted, uh, and they were advocates for that rural hospital increase uh, because the CARES Act has $100 billion in it for hospitals, and $30 billion of that was distributed last uh, Friday. $20 billion of it's being distributed this week. My position on it was, look, we know hospitals are in trouble, but when they open back up and can have elective surgeries and get things going again, they'll need less, you know, support. Correct. So I was, my view was, let's wait two weeks, and if we need more hospital money nationwide, we can certainly uh, have that debate. 
Well, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer wanted to hold up the Paycheck Protection Program, which they knew was so popular across the country and obviously popular with the Republicans who have been trying to get it funded for two weeks. She held it up so she could get this additional hospital money. Uh, So she got that. And then both sides really wanted something different and supportive on testing. So what did she not get? She asked for a big increase in SNAP uh, funding. Yes, she did. Which we'd already we already had done that in the CARES Act. We we uh, waived the program requirements and we increased the benefit. And our governors are out there uh, using it. <clears throat> and we also increased funding for food banks in that bill. And and those funds are being used as as agreed. She did not get that, and she also asked for states to be bailed out due to their lack of tax revenue. So uh, Governor Hutchison got $1.25 billion to help offset coronavirus expenses in the state, not make up for lost revenue. And as you know, our state faces approximately a, a potentially $300 million revenue shortfall. That's correct. Uh, approximately between March and June. Uh, And uh, Nancy Pelosi wants the federal government to pay for the revenue losses of the states. Uh, And Republicans don't support that. She did not get that in this bill, but she asked for it. So that's what we've debated for the past, uh, I guess, 10 days. Did I also hear that she wanted to add in that all hospitals had to serve Hagen dazs ice cream? <laughs> chocolate, just chocolate. <laughs> uh, I'm yeah, I'm sorry that yeah. that she, let let them I eat thought, ice cream. I'm just saying. I thought I think the I think she should personally buy two Sub Zero freezers for every house in America. That would be yeah. a great use of her. But she if she was feeling so chocolate focused. Can you? I didn't know they had freezers out there that cost twenty four thousand dollars. Well, I got no idea. Yeah, people, people, uh, it's it's unbelievable. But I would I would tell you it just demonstrates her tone deafness to the the tough times people are having in our country. We've lost loved ones. We've lost jobs. We're paranoid about where we go. And uh, she has the sort of uh, tone-deaf ability to go on a late-night comedy show and talk about how she's coping with the coronavirus by eating chocolate. I mean, it's ridiculous. Yeah, it it really was. And that is probably the biggest tone-deafness I've seen in a long, long time. And they've been making fun of it in memes. I mean, let them eat, you know, ice cream and all the rest, making her Nancy Antoinette and all the rest. It's <laughs> it's It's been pretty good as far as I'm concerned. Let me ask uh, one other question before we go to break here. Uh, you think uh, Michael Bloomberg thinks he got his money's worth? It's words out now. He spent $1 billion on his campaign. Yeah, he makes, uh, you know, John Connolly in 1980 looked like a real you know, conservative spender. Connolly <laughs> spent uh, $10 million for his one delegate, who you and I remember so well, Miss Ada Mills of Arkansas. <laughs> and uh, so Bloomberg, uh, I think if he's, if he's at a billion, he doubled it. He was close to $20 million a delegate. Wow. 
Yeah, that's, that's just crazy. incredible. That's, that's insane. insane. Just under $20 million a delegate. <laughs> yeah, my thought on that is he'd sold that business in a heartbeat if it had been a business, I'm just saying. All right, let's yeah. take a break, uh, Congressman. We'll come back. We'll talk more. I'm a little concerned about the CDC and uh, WHO, and uh, they're out uh, Stoking up fears amongst the people in the general populace will do that. And uh, I want to talk about some great things about you. It just shows how uh, good our Congress, uh, our congressional delegation does uh, in Congress. We have a lot of great serving congressmen and senators, and we'll talk about that when we come back here on the Dave Ellswick Show. PI Roofing wants you to know that if you got problems with your roof, the last thing they want you to do is spend all your time being worried uh, about your roof when you got enough to worry about with this whole COVID-19 thing that's going on. Keep that in mind. Uh, you can call them or uh, contact them on the Internet or talk to them on the Internet to, uh, you know, I mean, the way things are set up now, you can actually talk to people and see each other. Uh, it's the old, remember back in the 60s and 70s? Well, maybe you weren't born, but I was, and I remember the Pictophone was something of the future. Well, we've got the Pictophone now, and you can do FaceTime, and you can do FaceTime with the folks over PI Roofing. They can help you get everything done on your roof. They can come repair your roof, do all of that, and keep the social distancing and all of that that's necessary to keep you protected, them protected, and everybody protected, and get you a brand-new roof. All you have to do is call them at 707-3551. That's 707-3551. Today and tomorrow going to be rainy in the area if you've I've uh, had, uh, you know, hail damage and wind damage from the previous storms. Get it fixed now so that uh, the uh, leaks that you might have don't make things worse for you. That's P.I. Roofing, 707-3554 or piroofing.com. And please tell them you heard about them on the Dave Ellswick Show. Our guest is Congressman, uh, of course, Congressman French Hill. And Congressman Hill, you're in D.C. right now. Uh, the the Speaker of the House says all of you don't have to be back until May 4th. I understand a lot of you uh, Republicans are putting some pressure on her to reconvene. Is that true? We should get back to work. The president's working seven days a week with his team. And we believe that the uh, attending physician at the House has uh, really got terrific procedures for us to come vote. Uh, We're going to have 80 people in the chamber at a time for social distancing. Uh, The uh, members are asked to stay in their office and not congregate at the House floor. Uh, But I believe strongly that we should be in Washington voting and not try to uh, pursue what Nancy Pelosi wants, which is some sort of remote voting. Um, We we need to do our work, uh, and it's very hard to do it. Uh, with 435 members scattered around a laptop in their uh, living room. Uh, So this is uh, challenging for also the oversight. Uh, We're doing a lot by phone. We're doing a lot of Zoom meetings, a lot of teleconferences for our committee work. And it's going okay, you know, but it is – not ideal. And I think certainly when it comes to voting, we should – 
be very cautious about everyone's physical health, but try to vote using CDC standards. Yeah, it just seems to me that um, I guess she just wanted to be close to her ice cream. That's all I can figure out. And bottom line, that uh, you guys should be there. I, I mean, senators, I understand they're not there every day, but they're there three days out of the week, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct? It is. And they're also, you know, um, not congregating as well. They have fewer people, so it's a little easier for them to operate like that with 100 members. Um so I noticed that the House of Commons went into session last night uh, in uh, London that was uh, also uh, social distancing. They had 10 percent of the House present on the floor for an opening session, and they're going to try to operate uh, carefully as well. So everybody's just doing the best they can in this circumstance, and that's what I expect Americans to do. We don't want to get sick. We want to protect our customers. We want to protect our families. We want to uh, protect our coworkers. But we also have to go about our business, too. Yeah, speaking of that, uh, there's been some people speaking out of the CDC and out of the WHO. Your thoughts on this? They're already starting to say, hey, we're going to have a second round of this coming up in winter. It could be worse than the first round that we've had. It seems to me there's a lot of things that have been gone into place thus far that have cut back on the COVID-19. We don't know what's coming over the summer that may be ready for us by the time we get to winter. I just think this is causing nervousness amongst the general populace that's not necessary. I don't disagree with that. I think we know a lot more about this virus uh, today, and therefore, when it, if it were to resurge, we certainly know how to conduct ourselves with personal hygiene and the CDC standards. LabCorp has been approved by the FDA uh, yesterday or day before to offer an in-home test uh, for uh, COVID-19, and that will get testing down at that consumer level. And I believe they'll eventually have an in-home test that could be even have the outcome uh, there in your house. Uh, as it is, this is a kit that you would swab and then mail in the uh, test uh, sample and you get the results back. Uh, but this is, we're going to have expanded testing. We're going to understand how to do it. We may have a therapeutic uh, by the fall uh, where someone can uh, be treated for COVID in a more effective way if they come down with the symptoms. And then by winter, we may well have a vaccine that's functioning. So I don't want to be pessimistic about that. I want to, you know, we're going to be much better prepared when the next flu season comes. Absolutely. Okay, so last question and something that everybody should know about. Leader McCarthy has uh, put you on the CARES uh, Congressional Oversight Commission uh, and the president, uh, the task force to reopen the economy. Congratulations. Well, I was proud to be asked by both of them to help uh, oversee this process of getting America back to work, which was uh, the President Trump asked me to be involved in that. And as a former business person for 30-plus years, I was happy to offer my advice to him on that. And then uh, Leader McCarthy asked me to be on the oversight panel, which is going to be the congressional watchdog group to make sure that the Treasury Department and the Federal Reserve spend this unprecedented amount of money in the right way, just as Congress uh, dictated. So 
I'm excited about both those prospects and honored to serve our country in that capacity. I got to think when you're overseeing a a uh, you know something like the CARES Act, that spreadsheet has to be unbelievable to see who's getting what and to make sure nothing's slipping through the cracks is going to be really tough, Congressman. It's going to be challenging. Look, we are putting uh, 25% of GDP into our country, into our economy in two months. I mean, it's a staggering amount of money. And, uh, I mean, it's just I don't even – I can't even get my arms around the impact of that. But we're talking about a $2 trillion bill is what you see in the newspaper, but it's much more than that because the $500 billion of – money that the Treasury and the Fed have had as appropriated for their use can be leveraged four times. Mm-hmm. So you're really talking about, uh, plus the, the bill that's passing this week, you'll be up in the 6 $7 trillion range uh, all in. And that is shocking in a $20 trillion economy. All right. Well, you all are doing everything you have to do. Uh I feel that you're doing the best job that you can do. You're making the decisions off the information you're getting. Keep up the good work, Congressman. We'll talk to you next week here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Thanks, Dave. All the best. To Congressman French Hill here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Coming up is uh, Rush. He'll have something to say. And then when we come back, Dr. Julie Hickson-Wallace will join us from Harding University. All of that and more. Your traffic, your weather, everything that you need to make your day go gets you to work on time at 8 o'clock. But right now, let's tune in to Rush.